Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Thanks for listening to the KRMG In-Depth Podcast. I'm Russell Mills. In this episode, we're going to take a detailed look at how nursing homes and long-term care facilities in the United States have dealt with the COVID-19 pandemic. Across our nation, facilities have become hotspots for COVID and for several reasons. A company founded three years ago in Annapolis, Maryland, has developed protocols and technology it says form the most powerful and effective infection control and prevention programs available anywhere. And the company's owner tells me they're launching a major expansion right here in Oklahoma. This discussion is with co-founder and owner Ellsworth Harris of AMS On Site. It is presented unedited and in full. with Ellsworth Harris and I guess I don't know your exact title I'm going to go with founder CEO owner and chief bottle washer is that <laughs> yeah add the bathrooms in there too and you got and it. the bathrooms at AMS on site and this is a company that is based in Annapolis Maryland but you're going to start hearing more about them in the news because uh, you've kind of uh, put together a partnership with a company here in Tulsa called Sunshine Care Partners um, full disclosure, I work with the CEO of Sunshine Care Partners right here on KRMG on Sunday mornings. We do a show called Senior Class. And so I'm not going to go too much into that because I've, I've done a separate interview with Mr. Rusty McMurray, who is the, the Sunshine Care guy. But I was very interested to talk with you about what you guys are planning um, in your, I guess, sort of invasion. I'm it's really not an invasion, but your expansion yeah. into Oklahoma and, and you know, what that means for folks. So can we start by you telling us a little bit about what AMS Onsite is, what you guys do? Absolutely. Appreciate the time. Uh, my partner and I, we have both been in long-term care for 15, 16 years. Uh, in fact, uh, my father and I, well, at the very beginning when I got, got into long-term care, we pioneered a concept to provide dental services into nursing homes, which was uh, one of those not talked about kind of neglected service uh, opportunities uh, at that time. Now we have some good coverage, including in your state by some groups now. Um, and so um, I've watched the regulations and I watch for opportunities and I know uh, how nursing homes operates and I kind of know what, what, where we can help them and where they have things under control. And I started to watch all of the infection prevention rules and regulations coming out of the CDC, well, the clinical science stuff coming out of the CDC and CMS starting to put additional uh, rules and regulations in place based upon how uh, the CDC was uh, assessing um, information. Several things started to come to mind. One, antibiotic overusage in nursing homes um, is 70% uh, per the CDC is unnecessary and overprescribed. And uh, there's a, you know, we kind of have some concepts of uh, um, multi-resistant drug organisms and not having compelling antibiotics if we're not careful and have better stewardship. That's our name, antimicrobial stewardship, AMS on site. 
We also saw that there were so many new rules and guidance coming in, and there was no new financial um, revenue for nursing homes to have to pick up these new rules and regulations. So we knew that there would be an opportunity to help nursing homes forge through these regulations and to be compliant. So we formed AMS on site, believe it or not, three years ago. Uh, and um, when the pandemic hit, we were kind of on the forefront of being able to provide what we call infection prevention mentorship to nursing homes. And so in a nutshell, we provide infection prevention mentorship into nursing homes. We know nursing homes. We know how to engage with them. Uh, we know they're under duress and there are frontline front superheroes and soldiers in there right now. And we're kind of like the recruits coming in to help. Uh, Russell, I would also just note that one of our um, key areas that we focus on for another regulation um, regarding infection control is nursing homes are required to have an infection surveillance program. And the infection surveillance programs that have been implemented are, are good, but they have lots of room to improve. And we've built an infection surveillance program, which requires a full facility to be tested, all residents uh, for multiple infections at the same time, resulting those identifying all infections and being able to address them simultaneously rather than taking one specific area and focusing on that and possibly missing many more. Uh, the exclamation on that would be looking at the upcoming flu season and all of our COVID-19 testing that we're doing, we're skipping looking for the flu uh, as an example. So that's a, Russell, that's, that's what AMS on site was built for. Um, um, and what we're looking, you know, guiding nursing homes in Oklahoma and about uh, eight other states across the country right now. So it sounds to me like you guys kind of uh, you got a little head start. You're, you're thinking along these lines anyway. And, and I'll ask you a question similar to what, what I asked Rusty is, um, you know, how much did the COVID pandemic impact um, the decision to, to drive forward? Did it, did it make you, uh, I don't know, did it make you work more quickly? Did it, did it trigger a response that's, oh my gosh, we need to do this right now? Are we already yeah, there? That's, that's a great question. We had a great program uh, before uh, COVID. We, because we were started small and kind of grew, we had time to build smarter processes and protocols, and we learned every day ourselves. Um, we have a great team of uh, certified infection preventionists out there, and they kept bringing us more and more information from insights and things that they were seeing in nursing homes. But nobody was prepared for the pandemic. And, um, and you know, like all company, well, that's not fair to say. We, as a company, um, were, it's, it's unfortunate the pandemic hit. Uh, and we were, it's kind of a blessing and a curse to be in our position when this hit. The, the blessing is we had resources and knowledge and how to help. The curse is it, it feels, it felt, you know, un, it's a little unfortunate. Was our, our expansion was at the cause of a pandemic, um, and it's a, an awkward um, emotion. Mm. But we're glad and, and pleased to be where we are. In terms of what the pandemic did for our business, we early on adjusted our model um, when we saw Kirkland, Washington, that nursing home out uh, in Washington State. Uh, we knew it was coming. In fact, we wrote some early articles on social media and warning people of what was coming and how to prepare. Um, and we moved our model to focus on COVID-19 testing because we thought it was the right thing to do and uh, on top of our services. But at the time, everybody just wanted testing all of a sudden. 
And um, the testing that we use is a PCR-based, which means it has to go to a lab. And it's very, very, very accurate, but it has to go to a lab. And so it takes time to get the results back. And our nation wasn't ready for it, just like our stories that I'm sure you've done some stories, Russell, on PPE and some of the shortages there and masks. And, you know, we weren't ready. We didn't have the right supplies as a, as a on our, you know, national level. State nursing homes had barely any. Uh, we have, uh, we knew, we all read stories about physicians and um, our, you know, first care providers wearing trash bags for protection. Well, it was, it was the same in the, in the lab space. So here we were doing great favors to get all these swabbing and all the testing done and our labs got backed up. And so we got caught with some labs that were taking a week or more to get results back. And an infection doesn't wait seven days to get the lab results back before it does what it does. And so it was uh, some invaluable lessons on, on growing. And we always try to do uh, what's right for the patient first. So we really ratcheted down our operation and we couldn't help everybody that we wanted to but we had to do that because we weren't doing any good for anybody uh, initially. So, uh, and we've done as a company, um, we have done 54,000 tests since the pandemic um, began. Uh, I should note too that AMS on site is a clinical practice. Uh, we're not a lab, but we integrate and work with labs closely because those results, we need those in order to modify and change and direct our mentorship and our programs for nursing homes. Well, well, that makes sense. And, and it occurs to me that there's kind of three phases if, if I was going to approach an industry like yours. And one would be prevention. And then second would be, uh, uh, you know, monitoring, um, finding, detection. Hmm. So we'll say prevention and then detection and then mitigation because ultimately – you can't live in a bubble. There are going to be infections. Right. And, and that was the story long before COVID, right? In nursing homes and long-term um, senior housing, um, you know, folks get sick. Their, their immune systems aren't as strong as when they were younger. Uh, a lot of times there's a lot of people living in a, in a fairly, you know, confined area. And so it, it, I'm, I just think in these folks, when COVID came along, there was there was already uh, danger. There was there were already problems, and this just ramped everything up to I don't know an eleven. Yeah, you're you're absolutely correct. Uh, you know, nursing homes are filled with residents with COPD and other diagnoses. Uh, their immune systems are naturally um, um, weakened by um, uh, by age. Um, but most, of, of course, uh, they're there in the nursing home because they do need additional care for whatever else is um, happening. You know, there are, uh, I know this number, I'm sure there's others, but and to, uh, from what I know, I know that an average resident in a nursing home has 4.2 respiratory infections per year. And I know you compound that on top of some of the diagnoses and it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bad concoction. And, uh, you know, the New York Times puts out a, public, uh, a, a, a report um, that's the best one I've seen that compiles all the Department of Health information and, um, and presents it um, uh, to all of us to look at. And as we know, the number we keep hearing is um, of all the deaths, 41% of them are coming out of nursing homes. Um, I know, I think in Oklahoma, when I reviewed the data last weekend, um, that your state was up uh, 1% over the week before in terms of infections. And I know you had about 45, 4,600 cases a week ago and about 1,700 resident, I'm sorry, staff members, your first-line care providers, you know, that are doing a, an amazing superhero job had contracted COVID too. Yeah, it's it's not a pretty situation. So 
moving forward, and, and this is part of the conversation I have with Rusty, is about the shifting paradigm in healthcare. And in Oklahoma, we have closed several of our rural hospitals. Um, we have a, a pretty, pretty sharp nursing shortage in Oklahoma, and I, we're not alone. I think that's a nationwide thing, but Oklahoma definitely has that. And, and so telemedicine is increasingly becoming um, the, an option for people. Uh, and mm-hmm. one thing that the pandemic did do was relax some of the restrictions on telemedicine and some of the requirements from various states. I would imagine that may be true in Maryland. I know it's true in, in Oklahoma. And as AMS begins to expand its services into Oklahoma, um, you know, do you touch that part of it as well? Um, the part that Rusty's doing with with telemedicine and telehealth. So, um, uh, not as AMS on site, but through our partnerships, absolutely, senior care partners. Um, we, um, in order to help nursing homes um, out of a crisis, whatever the crisis is, and you, one of the ones that you mentioned here was um, uh, recruiting and staffing issues. We like to have we like to be a resource to the nursing home. You know, where they they've entrusted and partnered with us. So let's make sure we know other things out there. So if they ask us, you know, we can make some recommendations and we have some experience with some folks that we've worked with at other homes. And so uh, telemedicine absolutely complements what we do. Telemedicine is a great way to extend care for so many areas of rural populations, uh, even, you know, real inner city populations. Uh, It covers uh, 24-7. And many times our attending physicians in in long-term care you know, they're, they're, they're I'm not going to say they're nine to fivers, but they're day shifters. You know, they're 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 not they don't like have a cot there and sleep there and and come out of their room when somebody needs care. They're, they're, it's a limited access. Um, so absolutely. Telemedicine um, partnerships are are great. That expands coverage, especially again, like I said earlier, when infections don't rest, they don't sleep. Uh, and we're learning, especially with covid. And uh, so we need to be to respond faster and support nursing homes. Um, you know, with immediacy, and it really does help out. I, I would make a comment, um, and Rusty and I talked about this, and, and, and you and I know it too. There's nothing better than a face-to-face interaction, but if you got to wait a, a day or two to do it, um, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it's a moot point anyways. And the other thing that telemedicine can really do is triage and can really help out not only with administering care, and um, 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 addressing what staff should be doing next, be it cohorting or medication or admission to the hospital or whatever. Um, but it can also use it as a tool to say, make a phone call after the telemedicine and say, hey, you really might want to get in here and get face to face with this person. Um, you need to, you know, touch, feel, look um, and uh, get a kind of another perspective on what I'm seeing here. Right. And, and, the, and the doctor or the RN or whoever is on the other end of that telemedicine call could also say, yeah, don't need to go to the hospital. You don't need to put yourself at risk Correct. by leaving your home. Right. So there's there's that yep. side of the coin. Let me ask you yep. this, and, and you're being very generous with your time. I do appreciate it because I said 10 minutes and I think I lied. But um, <laughs> let, fine. let me ask you this real quick, Al, which is um, – when when you guys go into a new nursing home facility or long care residence type situation and look around, I'm, I'm sure the first thing you do is assess, you know, take a baseline. Where are they at? That's right. What are you Correct. seeing um, is is the primary, I, I guess, issue that, that you, you're needing to deal with right off the bat going into a new place? You know, I got to tell you, it's the basics. Um, we do do uh, what we call facility assessment when we start off. 
And we do, we look at um, processes, guidelines. We ask for issues related to antibiotic um, usage. Uh, we, uh, you know, um, look at uh, infection control logs. We also do a lot in observation, watching staff um, and, and how they work and what they do, uh, looking for um, signs, watching for uh, um, face masks, hand washing, hygiene. Uh, anyone who's listening, I cannot tell you how important it is to wear a face mask properly. <laughs> if you, if you're, you know, it's really important, especially in the in, in those settings where you have uh, folks at higher risk, like a nursing home. And so we do have an observation sheet. We do um, share it with the facility, and it does provide us the baseline. And the information that I would tell you is, it's it's um, um, PPE. It's wearing the protective uh, gear. It's wearing the uh, proper gloves. It's washing hands. It's understanding step down or clean uh, room areas. Um, you know, simple reminders too. We don't we don't go out to the parking lot. But another thing I we hear a lot is people. Uh, we see you know people chewing on their pens, chewing on their fingernails. Uh, leaving work and, you know, getting in their car and, you know, to wipe down that steering wheel. You know, it's simple, simple things that we keep seeing over and over again. And we're also fatigued and we're tired. And when you get fatigued and tired, um, you know, in general, we're hearing nursing home staff were already struggling. And now they're down another 20 percent. Uh, by one study, I've, I've heard that I'm low. But by one, um, you know, email that are well, not one email, but one article that I read, you know, that's that makes for some dedicated workers. But we're tired. And uh, so it's it's and then if I another one there, uh, um, a nugget, a golden nugget is that uh, this is kind of um, just one on one training, but we forget it's really important that when you um, work with your your clinical staff, your care providers, you motivate them and don't yell at them. They're tired. They're, they're, they've been yelled at all the time now. And, you know, you, uh, um, you got to give them some attaboys and praise them for being committed and uh and, you know, get them, get them to be protective, and that will protect residents. Um, interesting stuff, uh, Mr. Harrison. And, I again, I appreciate your time very much. Uh, Ellsworth Harris is with AMS Onsite, based in Annapolis, Maryland, but about to expand into Oklahoma in a fairly big way. Uh, do you have a timeline? Well, we're already there now. I, I can't really disclose which chain we're with because I don't really have their permission. Fair enough. Uh, but we're already there now. Uh, and, uh, you know, Rusty and Sunshine Care Partners are leading the charge to bring our um, infection preventionists into Oklahoma's long-term care communities. And from all accounts, um, we could use the help because, um, you know, like every state in the union, that is where we're seeing the most infections and sadly the most fatalities. So, um, listen, I, I very correct. much appreciate your time today. Um, is there anything else that you'd like to add before we wrap up? Um, I would, yeah, just a quick, if, if you don't mind, um, I would just add, um, there's a big issue going on about visitation opening up, you know, allowing family members to come into nursing homes to see their loved ones. And it's, it's, um, um, it's, it's, a, it's met with um, uh, contention, it's met with concern, and also with embrace. And I don't have, I'm not here to offer an opinion, uh, uh, except for I see, you know, it's it's tough. It's a tough thing, everyone. Nursing homes, those those residents are haven't seen their loved one for six, seven, eight months. Uh, they have basically been in isolation, um, and um, it's not good for their health, their morale, uh, or their longevity uh, as well. Uh, depression is at high levels in nursing homes as well, and so for all those reasons, visitation is uh, um, uh, needed and necessary. Um, but at the same time, visitation has enabled nursing homes to not have the open door that they used to have and that sense of community 
now it's a lockdown door, you know, taking temperatures or a test in advance. And, you know, um, it's a, a kind of a more <laughs> structured military-esque type of concept in some homes. I don't know how they're doing it in all of them, but um, I've, I've, I've been listening and reading. And so I guess my comment would be that it, it's happening because the, the, the government has asked us to, um, you know, allow this and embrace this. And if you have a loved one in nursing home, homes, uh, you know, do your part and be safe. And if you're feeling sick, uh, uh, do not go because it's not only jeopardizing your loved one, but it's a whole, it's a whole tight community there too. Uh, but you'll be reading more about it uh, as I have. It's, uh, it's starting to happen now. And uh, I'm a little worried about if you were to call me in two or three weeks, uh, was it a good idea or not? We'll know. But uh, um, more to come on that chapter real soon. Yeah, I would, I would lean um, towards the side of caution personally. I'm not in that position, and I, I'm loath to get, to give advice to people who miss their loved ones. But um, yeah. gosh, uh, FaceTime or something might be might be safer for everybody involved. Yeah. That's just kind of my thoughts. Well, anyway, Ellsworth, thank you very much for your time. I do appreciate it, and uh, imagine we will talk again soon. Thank you, sir. Appreciate right, your brother. time. You stay safe Take out care. there. <laughs> Bye. And thank you. You as well. been listening to KRMG In-Depth, the podcast. I'm always looking for stories about the people, places, and politics of Oklahoma. I'm easy to find on Facebook, or you can always email me and the entire KRMG news team. The email address is news at krmg.com. I'm Russell Mills. Thanks for the listen. Mike Rowe here with a radical idea. If you want to see more companies make more things in this country, buy more things from more companies who make things in this country. I refer in this case to the incredible t-shirts, sweatshirts, blue jeans, and more made by my friends at American Giant. Everything American Giant makes is made in the United States. And right now, you can take 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com slash Mike. That's American-Giant.com slash Mike.